This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Thursday, June 4, 2020. Bishop Brennan has been giving his daily updates for some time now since the coronavirus outbreak and is doing so to keep us informed and connected during these difficult times. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you, Bill. It's good to be talking with you today. Well, today's readings continue with the scribes asking trick questions to our uh, to Jesus Christ. And today's trick question is, what is the first commandment? That's right. Now, this scribe seems to be a little bit different than the other com- the other scribes because as Jesus speaks, he seems to open up a little bit and he says, "Well said, teacher. You were right." You know, and um, and Jesus says to him that. Um, you're not far from the kingdom of God. So this was this was one of the scribes who really had an open heart and allowed Jesus to speak deeply to him. But which is the greatest commandment? And of course, we know where Jesus goes, right to love. He takes two different commandments that are found in the um, early writings, the book of Deuteronomy um, and Numbers, and he pulls them together as one single commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus pulls that together. The greatest commandment is to love God and to love others. And when you think about it, you think of the Ten Commandments. They all fall into that. They they can all they all are expressions of love of God and or love of neighbor. I'm so glad that um, you had a chance to clarify this scribe's question. You're right, it's not a trick question for him. He is well-intended, and he wants to know the truth. But it comes in the context of people who are, so you're right to say that. But here he is. He's looking for the truth. Now, in other tellings of the story, to be honest with you, in, in Matthew and in in Luke, it's a little, it doesn't look quite so uh, cozy. And, you know, remember in Luke, the guy seems to, now I have to justify myself. And so he says, well, then who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. But here in Mark's telling, which is the shortest and probably the most direct, um, it, it, it's, you, you see that openness. And I think that's what the Lord asks of us, too, is that openness, a certain humility um, that comes out of love to let the Lord speak to us and to open our hearts. And, you know, we kind of need that more than ever today. Um, you know, uh, people listening to St. Gabriel Radio, let's be honest, people listening to St. Gabriel Radio are good people. <laughs> They're listening because they already do have an open heart and they want to connect with the Lord one way or another. But we all have in humility to say to the Lord, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me today? And so when Jesus gives us the greatest command, he's ask, He's teaching us something. He's asking us to look at our lives and to look at our relationship and even to relationships and even to look at our relationship with God a little differently. Um, you know, is there a greater capacity in my life for love? Um, 
and and what what are the consequences or the fruits of love? What does it mean to say that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself? What is what does that mean in practical reality? Um, so, so I heard it said that the uh, we have the the feast of the Trinity this Sunday, and. Um, somebody had joked that the feast of the unholy trinity is me, myself, and I. And I, exactly, that's right. <laughs> the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. And there's that constant, you might call it like something like a gravitational pull into that um, unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. And yet, this is the beauty of God. Yes, God defies even nature. <laughs> yeah, so there's a strong pull pulling us inward, me, myself, and I. But God, when the Spirit is within us, seems to push it back and opens and expands our hearts, our capacity for love. You know, um, it, it's interesting. The other day, one of the when we were talking about the scribes trying to trick Jesus up, one of them said use the image of the taxes, and Jesus used this issue of Caesar's coin. And I said that day, you know, what bears, if the coin belongs to Caesar because it bears his image and likeness, what belongs to God? What bears God's image and likeness? You do. Right. And what does God want? Everything. What does the Lord want? He wants you to love him with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. And all your strength. He wants everything. He wants us to, he wants hearts that are completely dedicated and filled with love. And then what he says is, when you do, if we give ourselves totally to God, if we love God totally, if we hand over everything to God, then the consequence is that we'll love one another. You know, it's not like there's a competition between loving God and loving our neighbor. If we give ourselves totally to God, that results in our love for our neighbor. And that requires some serious, on my part at least, some serious self-examination. And as we talk about justice and respect, um, it's, it's so important for us to keep reminding ourselves, especially if we've had the unfortunate uh, upbringing of racism. We have to yeah. remind ourselves that God is the center of our life and that he's modeled sacrifice and love. And as we were saying yesterday, um, I, and thanks to you, I carried it over into the homilies. We were saying yesterday, today, the real measure, is, it, it comes down to love. Do I, can I look into the eyes of my brothers and sisters? If I, can I look into the eyes of every person around me, recognizing that they are my brother and sister? Okay, so it's, a, so it's a tall order. Can I look into the eyes of every single person and see the real and true image and likeness of God? Now, that's a challenge. And, and you're right. There's, again, that uh, another gravitational pull is sort of our historical um, references, which do sometimes foster a sense of racism. And we want to... And we, we acknowledge that as a strong force, but yet we also acknowledge that strong force within us with God's spirit to expand our hearts and to uh, live outside of ourselves to see the image of God. So, uh, you, you know, so what does what does love mean? What does love mean? Well, 
Love means that an absolute and total rejection of racism. What does love mean? Love means a full-fledged empathy, solidarity with people who suffer. And in this moment, to understand the sufferings of so many of our brothers and sisters who either experience racism directly or experience it as um, part of life and, and the hurt that they're feeling at this time. And, I, you know, I said on Sunday, when one part of the body suffers, the body suffers, you know, um, when one body is part of the body is hurting, the body is hurting. And so love means recognizing that being keenly attentive to the sufferings of other members of the body. Um, what else does love mean? Love means total respect for life and respect for human dignity. Um, you know, and, and we see that in some of the, we, we see the call to love in some of the violence that's going on right now. And again, that love of God within us, the spirit of the Lord within us that pushes us outside of ourselves to say, no, let's be instruments of God's peace and instruments of reconciliation in a world that's so torn apart. You know, we're still living in the pandemic too. Love means making sacrifices. People have been making big sacrifices and little sacrifices for the well-being of their brothers and sisters, for the people who are around them in church, for the members of their family. We went through a whole period of time of deprivation as a sacrifice of love to keep healthy the most vulnerable and to allow the, the health system to be able to serve people in need. This is all rooted in love of God and love of neighbor, that, that we make those sacrifices and seek the true good, the true well-being of one another. That is so beautiful, Bishop Brennan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, shift before we get to our closing prayer. Uh, and we have next week uh, a beautiful event for our diocese, and we're three new priests, uh, candidates, uh, Deacon uh, Frank Brown, uh, Deacon Michael Fulton, and Deacon Seth Keller will be ordained to the priesthood at St. Joseph Cathedral. And it might uh, bring to mind your own experiences uh, as you became a priest. It was 31 years ago? It was 31 years ago. That's right. So, What was your first assignment like, and how did that process work for you? I'm sure that was um, an up and I remember down, being very period. excited about that. It, you know, we found out where we were going after we were ordained a few days after, and I remember um, my classmates, we were all going to be um, going to the Sisters of St. Joseph to celebrate mass at their mother house and I received the call that I would be going to a parish named St. Patrick's in Smithtown and in fact one of the sisters from St. Patrick's was at the mother house that day she was recovering from a car accident and so um, I was filled with excitement and uh, my classmates found out there um, uh, where they were going so it was an exciting time and I had a priest friend a he was my supervisor during pastoral year along the way who was assigned there as an associate. He had moved. So I just I knew the parish a little bit, and I knew it was a very lively parish, had a lot of young people and young families and a lot of opportunities. And so as soon as I heard I was going there, I was jumping for joy. I was so excited. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll tell you something. It turned out to be the way. I mean, it really turned out to be a great opportunity where um, I was just surrounded by some 
great families and really committed people. Um, uh, so it, it, it was it, it was exciting, um, and it was a suburban town. And you know, Long Island doesn't have the space that we have here <laughs> in Ohio, and this place was a little, somewhat unusually large. You know, the great great big lawn and parking lot in the front. Um, and um, the school, and it was all in this colonial style with the pillars and then big soccer and uh, field behind and baseball, softball fields. So this large swath of land. And I remember driving up with my parents and my sister was in the car just to bring some things up even before I moved in, just to drop some things off. And my sister says, welcome to Tara. It's like uh, gone with the wind, you know, this big <laughs> expanse. <laughs> but I'll tell you, they used every inch of that Ground. I remember my first summer, and it was true all of them. But my first, I arrived in the summer, and they had softball game, leagues for the children. And there, every single night, there would be three or four softball games going on, and uh, you'd get to walk around from one backstop to another and just talk to uh, the, uh, the the talk to uh, the different families. It, it, it was just a, an amazing experience. Were you um, a baseball player? I played Little League as a kid. I wasn't very good. <laughs> I never made it onto <laughs> any of like the big teams, the high school teams or anything like that. But I played Little League as a kid, so it was funny. Actually, you know, I was a big, um, I was a big Met fan. And, um, and Bud Harrelson, um, you know, he goes back to the glory days of, of the early Mets. Um, he was part owner in a local minor league team that had just started up the Long Island Ducks and they were living in the parish for a short time and uh and his daughters played softball so it was fun being at the uh at the games and to see him cheering his daughters on and um and then he would um I, I remember throwing out the first pitch in front of, <laughs> to like in front of Bud Harrelson, I said, "Boy, this is a real turnaround." <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you're in Ohio, are you uh, a Reds or Cleveland fan, or are you going to stick with the Mets? Well, or I think it's safe words? to say that being in, it's safe for me to say this, being in Central Ohio, I'm sticking with the Mets. I'm yeah. sticking with the Mets. I've been to uh, Cleveland for a game. I've been to um, Cincinnati for the games. And I'll always have fun if I have a chance to do that. And I've been able to transfer a lot of my other loyalties you know, to uh, to the Buckeyes and the uh, Blue Jackets and the crew. But uh, baseball, I grew up with the Mets. 1962, we were both born. And um, so, so, again, since none of, neither of those teams is an actual Columbus team, I, I think I'm safe. I think you are. I'm glad to hear that you're a Blue Jackets fan. Uh, you know, the New York Islanders, uh, they've been a, a great hockey team, and it's good to yeah. see that you're picking up on Central Ohio hockey. I uh, hear that that may be back at the end of July. So maybe in the future we'll be able to get back to some normalcy as it relates to uh, coronavirus. Uh, Bishop Brennan, would you like to close us with a prayer? I would. And, in fact, kind of taking us on that, that great commandment of love and um, and St. Paul's letter to Timothy where he talks about, you know, the word of God just ex- exploding and, you know, you can't hold it back. It's just the word of God is going to, to take root. I'm going to pray Psalm 25. It's the responsorial psalm for today, but it, but it says so beautifully what we've been talking about. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice. He teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are kindness and constancy toward those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The friendship of the Lord is with those who fear him and his covenant for their instructions. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you and your families, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bishop Brennan, thank you for your prayers, your teaching, and for keeping us connected during these difficult times. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.